everyone, I'm Allison Banbury, and you're listening to The Midlife Muse. Hi there, and welcome to episode eight of Summer Camp, and what will be our final episode of Summer Camp. Wah wah, I know, but my stepsons have already gone back to school. I start tomorrow. Uh, My other two boys return in the next couple of weeks, so it's time. And I will be taking a hiatus from the Midlife Muse podcast for an as yet undetermined period of time after this episode while I focus on my school counseling work and gather inspiration for season three, whatever that will be. And I have some ways you can help me with that at the end of today's podcast. But today we're going to be talking about water an integral part of many folks' summers. I mean, one of the first things folks think about when they hear the word summer is the beach, right? And I love the beach, don't get me wrong, but the healing power of water goes so far beyond the beach, and I want to take a few moments to consider all of the ways in which water sustains us, both physically and emotionally, So just to begin with, to kick things off, water, both as a symbol and as a physical element, has deep, deep roots in the healing traditions. I think it's helpful to remember that more than half of our physical bodies are made up of water. The cells in our bodies are full of water. The human body can't even survive for more than about three days. That's just 72 hours, y'all. Think about what you were doing three days ago. It goes by fast. We can't survive for more than about three days without water. So even before we can look at how water can help promote mental health, I think it's important to recognize that we're just inextricably linked to water for our very survival. The surface of our Dear planet Earth is more than 70% water, and our human need for irrigation and fresh drinking water and travel and transport, those needs have determined where our communities and civilizations have been built basically since the beginning of time. So when we start looking at the symbolism of water and its meaning beyond just being an essential nutrient needed to sustain life, it's not surprising that one of water's chief symbolic meanings is life. And closely related to that, water also symbolizes fertility, growth, motion, circulation. In other words, water symbolically is sort of the embodiment of all of those driving forces that enable and propel and sustain life. Water's also been used as a symbol of purity. It's clear, you know, nature and and cleansing properties, I think, lend itself to this context. And many of us are familiar with rituals such as the Christian rite of baptism or the Muslim purification ritual, voodoo, 
you know, which has to do with using water as a cleansing property. You know, because we use water to cleanse our bodies of dirt, water is a natural symbol for cleansing our souls of whatever our souls need to be cleansed of. That was terrible grammar. My apologies. Water has also been used as a symbol of power. Think about oceans and hurricanes and tsunamis and hydroelectric power. I think of, you know, the river Styx and Poseidon, Noah's Ark and the Great Flood, the Ganges River. Throughout mythology, the mythology of various cultures, great bodies of water have been used to denote powerful forces. Water is also a symbol of flexibility and fluidity since water will always take on the form of its container. So in water, we have life, purification, power, flexibility, growth, fertility, all of these incredible forces that can be harnessed with ease during the summer months because the air is warmer, the water is warmer, and we just have more time to put ourselves in the presence of water. In her book, Wild, Cheryl Strayed quotes her mother. She writes, I may have used this quote in a previous podcast, and if I have, I apologize. It's one of my favorites. She writes, there's always a sunrise and always a sunset. And it's up to you to choose to be there for it, said my mother. Put yourself in the way of beauty. And I just feel like in the summer months, we should be putting ourselves in the way of water. And we have so many ways to do that. Of course, there's the beach. And for those who live on the coasts or within driving distance of the ocean, it's a fun and refreshing way to get your entire body into the water and also I just always appreciate the perspective you know that's offered by the ocean the ocean is so vast and so mysterious and so full of life it's a little scary sometimes if I let my mind kind of (laughs) settle on sharks and whatnot but it's impossible to stand beside the ocean for me anyway, and not contemplate just my place in the universe. I look at the ocean and I just think about how long it's been there and how it just persists age after age, eons upon eons, how it existed long before me and how it will outlast me. It just, you know, it just kind of puts my circumstances and my problems in perspective and reminds me of the really precious nature of the time that humans have on earth. Lakes are also awesome. No shade on lakes. They may not be as vast, perhaps, as an ocean, but they can be beautiful and grand And kind of peaceful and calm in a way that sometimes the ocean is not. I love me a lake. And a lot of my hikes run along streams. Another kind of cool form that water takes. And while, you know, you can't submerge yourself in a stream, 
when I'm beside a stream, I can easily imagine that flow of water continuing for goodness knows how long or how far. And when I do that, I'm kind of granted that same gift of perspective, you know, as well as the chance to kind of marvel at the energy and force of the water, the vastness of time. If you've ever picked up a river rock, you've noticed surely how particularly smooth they are, just worn down by centuries of water flowing over them year after year after year. I mean, it's humbling, honestly. I think it can also be really powerful to take part in activities on top of the water, boating, canoeing, kayaking, just floating down the river on an inner tube, water skiing. All of these activities can give us this feeling of power and of wonder, of, of you know, being able to propel oneself along and remain on top of this spacious, potent entity, whether that's the ocean or a lake or a river. I remember watching my then 13-year-old son set out on a kayak for the first time. We lived at that time beside a river, and this was a way my son who'd become a little too big for his scooter, but, you know, was not yet old enough for a driver's license. This was a way he could have a taste of independence. The kayak opened up this whole new world for him. It gave him the opportunity to use the water to get where he wanted to go, to feel the force of the water beneath him, to propel this boat through space, to reach distant shores, To call it a mythical experience might be overstating things a bit, but it felt important. It felt soul lifting for him. And if water isn't already a regular part of your summer repertoire, take a minute at the end of this podcast to think about a way to incorporate some form of water activity into your summer before these warmer days come to an end. Our meditation this week is a grounding technique that helps us return to the present moment in times of anxiety. And this is one that's really easily done in the presence of water. I'm going to give you an example in a minute. It's called the 54321 technique. And it asks you to identify five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. So at the beach, for example, you could see shells, crabs, water, beach umbrellas, maybe a kite. You can feel the sand between your toes, the towel you're sitting on, the wind through your hair, and the fabric of your bathing suit. For three things you can hear, you could hear the sound of laughter, the waves crashing on the shore, and the cries of gulls. For smells, two things you can smell. Maybe you can smell the sea air or your sunscreen. And you can taste the salt water on your fingers. This technique can be found online. And I encourage you to use it anytime your fight, flight, freeze response starts to kick in and you really find yourself struggling to stay present. So as I said earlier, this is my final podcast in our summer camp series 
Thank you so much for listening and for using the gifts of summertime to boost your mental health in various ways. As I'm gearing up for season three of the Midlife Muse, I'd really, really appreciate your thoughts on topics that you'd like to explore, format, or any other feedback you might have. You can answer this week's question if you're listening on Spotify, or you can send suggestions directly to the Midlife Muse podcast at midlifemusepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for spending a few precious moments of your summer with me, and I'll be back with you soon. Until then, take good care.